Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef! Disclaimer, the following is an opinion-based podcast. Welcome to another mini beef, iFootball beef, where we're building XIs with certain rules applied to celebrate the World Cup. We've obviously done the left at home XI, we've done the under 20 freeze XI, and this week we're doing what we're dubbing the flag mixed World Cup XI. So we've been set the task of building the best possible team of current players at the 2022 World Cup, but we're only allowed one player per nation. For example, I cannot have Richarlison and Neymar in the same team. For example, because they're both from Brazil, so I would be instantly disqualified. I'm your host, Laura. I'm going to kickstart with the team I believed to have built, and I've obviously shown my Fulham bias a little bit as we go along, and you will see why. So starting in goal for me is Chesney. So I'm using my Poland pick here. I have been influenced by how good he's been at this World Cup. I will say that. This is ahead of him playing in the knockout stages, so I'm sorry if I've just jinxed you, Chesney. But he is a solid keeper. He's so surprising he's not older because he feels like he's been around for ages. And I just, I think he's aged like a fine wine, really. He's, you know, got some of them silly mistakes out of him. Yeah, there's still maybe some, sometimes he'll make an error, but which, you know, you're going to, that's every player will. Players are human. They make mistakes. But he's a solid shot stopper. His penalty saving ability is underrated. And yeah, that's who I've gone for. So Chesney between the sticks. A right back, I've gone for Dumfries. The Netherlands, obviously he seems just to be doing really well at tournaments. Once again, probably been influenced, but powerful, quick, strong and good going forward. So I've gone for a really attacking right back there. Then in the heart of my defence, I've gone for Rudika and Rodri. Just saying them together, they're match made in heaven. So sort of pick from Germany and Spain. I know Rudiger can little be a little bit of a shit house for lack of a better term, but there is a part of me that feels like you'd like him if you played for your team. But when you see your side play against him, you're just like, oh, such, how do you get away with some stuff? But he's a good, solid defender and... I think he's maybe even a little bit underrated at times because of how annoying he is. So you don't want to give him credit. But he's the centre-back I've gone for with Rodri, who I think is obviously just solid at the back, but very good composure on the ball, good passer. And yeah, I like that in my defenders. For left-back, I've used to pick from Canada. I thought Afonso Davis. Obviously, I've gone for full-backs that are very attacking, very quick. Honestly, I don't know how great they'd be pushed defending, but with Davis and Dumfries just powering down them flanks there. Then in midfield, playing a defensive midfield role is probably what I would say the greatest defensive midfielder currently playing, but that might be hyperbole because I'm just a huge fan of what he's done at Fulham this season. I know he hasn't had many minutes at the World Cup 22 so far, but who knows, that might change. But I've gone for Portugal's Polinia. This man is a tackling machine. Tackle, distribute, tackle, distribute. He's great. And I don't know how he's at Fulham and Fulham are lucky to have him, but yeah, bless. So he's made my cut. Then I feel I've gone for very obvious choices on my flanks going forward. So on my flanks, I've got Mbappe and Vinny Jr. of France and Brazil, respectively, my picks. I don't think I'll have many arguments about that, and I don't have to really justify why I've gone very those two, because they are among the world's elite. Then in midfield, Jude Bellingham. I've actually got an England pick, because it's Jude Bellingham. He can do whatever I want in midfield. If I need him to drop back, 
push forward. He can do it all. That's why he's made the cut. Then I'm going for another obvious pick in Messi, choosing, using my Argentina pick. I mean, I don't know who else I'd consider from Argentina at this point. That's some good, but it's Messi. I'm not going to not pick Messi when he's an option. Then up front, one of the greatest strikers in the world. If you're a Fulham fan, I've gone for Alexander Mitrix with the Serbia pick being used. Let's be honest, his heading ability, his strength, his awareness and he's on fire and his goal stats are ridiculous to the point where I don't even want to attempt to get them wrong because the man has been on fire for so long and hopefully he comes back from this World Cup still on fire and not depressed at going out. And then I'll just round up my team again. I've got Chesney, Dumfries, Rudiger, Rodri, Davis, Paulinia, Mbappe, Vinny Jr., Jude Bellingham, Messi and Mitrovic. Anyway, that's my team of one flag mixed nations. Uh, let's see what the team have now. Tommy, it's now your turn to give us your one flag nation team, the best possible team in your opinion, using only one player from each nation. Obviously, we're not using all the nations because there's only 11 players in the team, but you get my drift. Tommy, what's your formation? Who's between the sticks? Well, what what a team it is, can I just say. My formation is going to be a, it's going to be a 4-3-3, and in goal, I've got Brazil's number one. Uh, Alison Becker at the start of a Liverpool kind of flair running through my team but I think he's one of the best in the world if not the best in the world so pretty easy decision for me especially where I could only have one player from each country I was like yeah you, you get to go and goal Alison you get to you get to keep the ball out of the net for me beautiful and then obviously is there any more we go moving forward to the defensive line is he going to recognize any of the faces in front of him by oh, any he, chance he, 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 he certainly is he certainly is yeah, if this was an ultimate team team, there'd be strong, strong chemistry amongst the defenders there. As a right back, I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know he's got his critics in terms of his defensive work sometimes. I know he's not been hitting the heights this season uh, that he has in previous years, but I still think he's, he's right up there as one of the best right backs in the world. Incredible player, incredible passing, technical ability. I feel like his defensive side of his game is maybe... Uh, underrated sometimes to sort of highlight that and and fit a narrative, but we'll not get into that now because um, let's be honest, we don't have time for that. And that's not what we're here for. These are right back, left back. I'm shifting João Cancelo over to left back from right back. He can do it both played. comfortably. So yeah, he's played there a lot for Man City and done it very well. And I think he is very capable going forward and defensively. Again, very good technically good passer of the ball crosser shooter sort of pretty much everything that, that you want yeah i'm pretty happy with my uh with my full backs and the the liverpool slash man city theme continues in my center backs as well so obviously trent of england Cancelo portugal um my center backs i've got uh virgil van dyke obviously with netherlands in a center back uh, and alongside him, I've gone for good old I'm Eric Laporte. It's a nice two from two, Liverpool, Man City. Yeah, sort exactly. Of united. Yeah, so exactly. Keep keeps it it keeps it, you know, they know each other, they can understand each other. Again, I feel like in that centre back pairing, both good on the ball, but both very good defensively. Again, I know sort of Laporte over the last kind of couple of years has been at times like slightly in and out of the Man City team or like lost its place to to Stones and Diaz and things like find that. A, but... Find a Man City player who hasn't though in fairness. Yeah, 
fair point, fair point. But I'd still, what I would put him up there is as one of the, particularly when he's on form, one of the best centre-backs in the world. Like, more than capable of playing for probably any team in the world. And I think every uh, country at the World Cup, if they had Laporte, they'd be like, sweet, there's one centre-back. Let's see who else I put alongside him. I think physically as well, they're both really kind of imposing, which... uh, uh, I like my setbacks to be. That is fair. So now moving forward in your team, where are you going next? What nation uh, are you raiding? Oh, well, to start with, for my midfield three, at the, at the base of the three, heading over to Germany, picking up a little bit of Joshua Kimmich, throwing him in there. Again, it, feel, it feels harsh to like put him in as like a defensive midfielder, but because I think he's just technically very capable and a very good player all round, but he's also very good at doing that kind of sitting holding role but knitting things together because again technically very good player gonna put him elsewhere if i wanted to or you know mid game i'm feeling being like a little tactical switch i'm like trent you could probably play midfield you go midfield or put Kimmich to right back i won't do that but i could do so he's there holding it together from germany uh, and then sort of like the two slightly ahead of him uh i've got uh Luka Modric, obviously, from Croatia, uh, and Kevin De Bruyne uh, of Belgium, of Belgian fame. Um, Belgian fame. Again, sort of, I've, I've noticed that my uh, I've, I've gone for a very technical, like, 11, haven't I? I, would, I've not, I also um, would not like to be the person standing over free kicks, depending on who you give the captain's armband to, yeah, well, basically. I mean, they, they all have a chance, don't they? I've got Trent, I've got Modric, I've got De Bruyne. I'll wait until you get to my front three. There's even more options there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think I know Modric is in particular is getting on a bit in terms of age, but I think he's he's obviously still a phenomenal footballer. He's not he's not one who's always kind of relied on being quick or physical, so his age hasn't really affected him too much. I, yeah, still still a phenomenal player. And Bruyne, I mean, everyone knows Kevin De Bruyne, don't they? I think most of our listeners probably probably English probably enjoy partaking in the Premier League. Uh, so I'm sure they're all well aware of what of what good old Kevin can do. I'd be happy to assist mm. your strike force that you've no exactly. doubt packed full uh, of a bit of punch. Yeah, there. It's 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 a pretty stacked front three. I don't know how much pressing and defensive work they're gonna do or how much running one of them's gonna do, but pretty stacked. So just running through my front three, I've got Messi, Mbappe and Lewandowski. Obviously Argentina, France and Poland represented there. Messi Nominally, like in terms of my list on the right, but realistically, he moves where he wants. Re- realistically, <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be playing further field. But I've got I've got Trent there. You know, he he'll he'll go he can go round wide. He'll he'll push up. De Bruyne's on that side. I'm sure he he likes to operate in kind of those space out there as well. And also, it's messy. Just give him the ball and just let him do what he does. And if if you have him picking out passes for Mbappe running in behind on the left wing, cutting inside. Lewandowski making those runs in behind. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster for opposition defences. Just when you think you've, you know, sorted Mbappe's pace, Messi yeah. would be in a pocket. It's it's basically, it's, it's very it's dangerous fine. to attack. They're like, it's fine. We've contained Trent on this side and Modric and De Bruyne are coming over here. Oh, fuck, it's Messi. Or like, it's all right, we got him. And then, nope, it's on the other side with Cancelo, Mbappe. Obviously, Messi's one of one of if not potentially the greatest footballer of all time Mbappe phenomenal, phenomenal. He, he is the new phenomenon also oh, it's pace goal scoring dribbling pretty much everything and then Lewandowski has been kind of the elite number nine for what 
seven, eight years, something like that, almost. A long, long time. It's been, it's been a while, and he he just scores goals. That's what he does. I mean, he has a World Cup goal now. Exactly. So that's nice. Well, you know, so nobody can argue with that selection now. I think nobody, a... <laughs> nobody on the internet could possibly argue with it. If you have an argument, tweet us at Buzz Football. But Tommy, just to recap that team so they know what to go challenge and moan about. Yeah, so in goal, I've got Alison Becker of Brazil. Uh, my right back is Trent Alexander-Arnold, which I'm sure is going to be the one day everybody tweets and says, what are you doing with Trent in there? And I'm like, chill, man, chill. Who else would be a right back? Got left back, Joao Cancelo from Portugal. Uh, my centre backs are Virgil van Dijk of Netherlands. And uh, I'm Eric Laporte from Spain. In midfield, got Joshua Kimmich as my number six, holding things together for Germany. And my slightly more advanced midfielders are Luka Modric of Croatia, Kevin De Bruyne of Belgium. And my front three, Messi of Argentina on the right, Bappe of France on the left, and Robert Lewandowski of Poland through the middle. Cool. Thank you, Tommy, for doing your team. You are welcome. <laughs> And now it's the turn of Daniel with his one flag nation mix XI. Daniel, what formation have you gone for and who's between the sticks? Gone for a 4-3-3, good old uh, what is the norm now. And I have gone for Belgium, Thibaut Courtois in the sticks. Have you gone for Courtois? Well, looking at, this was a really hard challenge, but looking at the goalkeepers available, available to me in the World Cup, the nations we've got to work with. I looked at Courtois and his record speaks for itself. I mean, I think since the 2010-2011 season, he's had six league titles, something like that. He's won virtually every trophy there is to win in Spain and in England. But it, it was a really tough choice because there's so many good goalkeepers I could have gone with. But I would also have to look at the fact that, you know, he's in the region of somewhere between 230 to 250 clean sheets throughout his career. I feel like he's a, he's a safe bet. He's obviously not had a great World Cup, but when you consider the two starting centre-backs that he had in front of him, who don't play top-level football, and a combined age of 68, I want to say it is, you know, a little bit further up, Dendonker and Witzel in front of him, embarrassing. Hazard washed up, Lukaku's a ghost of who he was before. I don't really blame him for Belgium going out, but yeah, I feel like he's a safe betting goal for me. Let's go with your defence, right to left. I will start over on the right, and I've gone for a former teammate of Courtois in the way of Aspilicueta for Spain. Oh, the Chelsea boys back together. Easy to pick a Spain defender, because I feel like a lot of us have used our Spanish pick on the defence. All different defenders, but still. Aspilicueta was one of the first names I put down, because there's something about him. I just think he's a, he's a super classy player. He's still proving himself in the Premier League at the age of 33. He's won everything with Chelsea and it's a shame but I just kind of feel as well had he have been part of Spain's glory years obviously the 2008 to 2012 if he had been a little bit older I've got no doubt in my mind that he would have been part of that team as well and lifting the trophies that Spain did obviously around that time he was still in the under 21 squad but he did win the European Championship with Spain in 2011 just really really classy player you know what you're going to get with him and I'm really thankful he didn't go to Barcelona in the summer as well because I feel that probably would have hindered him quite a little bit he's still proving himself in the arguably toughest league in the world so a real a real easy one for me to pick Asper Laquelle. What about the heart of your defence then as many trophies with the duo you've gone for in the middle? Well one got a Covid trophy I've gone for Virgil van Dijk he's definitely got his critics and it was a it was a real tough choice between 
himself and Delip for me. Uh, I knew I wanted uh, Netherlands centre-back. Uh, I just didn't know really which one. The reason I've gone for him is just I feel like he is a man for the big occasion. He's played every minute of the World Cup so far as, as of recording. I think I, I would have to put him in my team. And looking ahead to the quarterfinals, he's got a huge, huge match against Argentina. But I feel in the same way Van Hull will be looking at each of his big players and he's going to be looking at Van Dyke to get him through this one. I think probably more Van Dyke than De Litt. And for that reason, I think I've got to go for Van Dyke. Are you going for someone equally as commanding next to him? Because I'm feeling like your your team is laid out with some big big hitting names at the moment. I have gone for a real big hitter to sit next to him, but also a really little hitter as well. I've gone for okay. the I've gone for the butcher. Obviously, Argentines Martinez, Man United legend, quickly becoming one of my favourite players to watch. A bit maybe a bit of a choice because he's not had the best World Cup so far. He's been coming in off the bench. I mean, he did start against Mexico and kept a clean sheet, so I'm sure that's a huge plus for him. But I feel like. I've got a real big player in Van Dyke. I want someone that's going to do the nasty, dirty work as well. So I had to go for Martinez again. He called the butcher, so the butcher. Yeah, he's got a, a, another huge quarterfinal against uh, against the Netherlands as well. So I feel like within my team, I'm going to have a really good battle there on which centre back is going to be best and who completes the defence. Well, I feel like I've cheated here. Because I've you gone... love cheating with fullbacks, don't you? Well, so I, the fullbacks was really hard this year. I feel like fullback is becoming one of those one of those positions that's kind of hit and miss. In my mind, I've also got Martinez covering the left hand side if he needs to, while Alfonso Davis bombs up the wing. I mean, Alfonso Davis for Canada is it was a tough decision because he's definitely got his critics and he's had a really poor World Cup. And I think a few of those suggestions of why Canada done so bad in the World Cup. They kind of got put on him because he was claimed as being too selfish, which I don't necessarily think that's always a bad thing. But in this scenario, obviously, they were looking at him saying, well, you kind of failed your team because you're too selfish. I think the fact is as well, you have to look at what he's done already. He's still only 22. He's the first Canadian men's international to win the Champions League. And he is an absolute pace merchant, whether he's in midfield or defence. He can kind of play anywhere on that left-hand side. For me, doing this, I feel like if I didn't have Alfonso Davis, I'm going to have a gaping hole on that left side. So quite an easy inclusion for me. And then who are we moving forward? Where where are we going next? Which country have you raided? I've had to raid Croatia sitting in the heart of my midfield. It's none other than Luka Modric. I've gone for Modric. I was looking a little bit more experienced here. Someone who can see any pass, hold the ball up if needed. Reads the game probably better than anyone else. Ballon d'Or winner easily could be considered one of the best midfielders of the last 20 years. He is the catalyst for the uh, for the Croatian national team. Led his team, obviously he was captain at the time, to the final in 2018. They did get completely butchered by France, but he still got them to the dance. For me, how I could not pick Modric... It, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, that makes sense. Where are we going next then? You've got a little bit of creative spark. Have you got any more harder options in midfield or are you going for a little bit more flair still? I've gone for two centre-attacking midfields. I'll start with uh, one that I see propping up the left-hand side of that of that fork there with Bruno Fernandes. Obviously, he's shown he can handle the pressure in big games. He's proved that with the brace against Uruguay. I think when, he, when his head is in it, he's arguably one of the best playmakers in the world. I don't know if there's real much that anyone could contest with that. His stats prove it, his game proves it, and that's why I had to have him in my team. It, doesn't, it helps that there's a nice little Man United connection going through your team. I mean, it's never going to be a bad thing, is it? No, no, not for a Man United fan. 
And who's uh, your other midfield option then? You said another creative attacking midfielder. Who's the other one? I do, and it's one that's actually just taken me by storm this World Cup. Obviously, I have gone for Germans Musiala. It was a tough one because there are, again, so many great attacking midfielders. But I kind of feel what Musiala's proved with Lewandowski going to Barcelona, that could arguably be the best thing that's ever happened to him. Bayern needed a new talisman. And I think he's top scorer for Bayern this season, I want to say. He's already being banded as world-class by manager. I think the way Germany performed as a whole this World Cup wasn't amazing we know that obviously they're out of it now but we also know that it's an aging squad and with players like this coming through i don't think anybody anybody could write them off for euro 2024 it's in germany it's in his home country i feel like some of the younger german players coming through they could have a real point to prove and for me Musiello is really at the heart of that that makes sense uh is there a much more youth in your front line then because we're getting a little bit younger now as we're moving forward <laughs> noticed your team i've got a little bit of youth but i'm not going to start with youth i'm going to go over to the left wing and i've picked son for south korea i know he's never really had amazing world cups and i think it's fair to say not many people had south korea getting out of the tough group they were in this year probably not the best choice i could have had i think maybe a little bit of heart overhead here but for me son is everything i look for in a player he is a proper heart and soul football player you know every time he gets on the pitch he's going to give it his all played three group games this world cup played all 90 minutes in all of them and coming off the back of the facial fracture he had recently it just really shows testament that he will do everything for whether it be at club level or international level he'll do everything he can for his team he's not he's not going to lay down and just say no i can't be bothered that's why i had to have him in my team He's just a phenomenal player. Okay, and I'm going to assume you want to say who your winger is on the other... Who's the balance here? Who's on the right? Yeah, I've gone for a little bit of balance here, and I'm kind of switching wings on him because he's usually used to playing on the left wing, but I couldn't take that away from Son since he gives everything to us. I have gone for Vinny Jr., Vinicius Jr. on the right wing. It's his debut World Cup. I think it's fair to say he's proven his worth to the team, considering the options they have on their wings. We spoke about this recently that, you know, Brazil have so many options on the wings. I wanted him to get minutes. He's got minutes. He assisted one for Richarlison in the opener against Serbia, scored and assisted another one in the in their last match against South Korea. I think they smashed them like 4-1 or something. I can see him starting in the next game against Croatia. And I imagine he will be a key figure that they're going to be looking at should they progress in this tournament. Because, you know, he's only 22 years of age. He's carrying himself very, very well with the expectation of an entire country on his back. I think if we were to also look at the Brazil teams, they would have considered 2014 a failure. They didn't have a good team then. They got smashed in the semi-final 7-1 against Germany, I think it was. And they actually haven't been, I guess, the international powerhouse that we kind of grew up with them being. But I feel like that those players like Vinicius Jr., they could be a sign of change. And I think if we're going to see Brazil be that powerhouse again, it's going to be because of players like him. Now you've got one spot left. You've used nations such as Brazil, Spain, Belgium, Germany, Canada to go on. But who's getting the final spot here? Which nation are you not ignoring? How could I ever ignore France? I have gone for the man of the hour, Kylian Mbappe up front. He is sitting first in the race for the golden boot in the tournament. I think he's already got, I want to say, five. I think if he carries on with his form, he could easily overtake Benzema to become France's. Uh, he'd be his, their fifth leading goal scorer. And I literally have no doubt that he will be France's leading goal scorer by the time we get to World Cup 2026. It could easily happen. 
I picked at the start of this tournament for France to retain. And I will go as far as making a very bold statement. With everything shaping up the way it is, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see France lift in the World Cup in 2026 as well. They've got currently one of the youngest squads in the tournament. They've got a lot of big names in there that have all been pushing them forwards towards the trophy for this year. And those players are also going to be hitting their prime years, quote unquote, in the next World Cup. It would be complete history. No one else has ever won a hat-trick of World Cups successively. I think Italy and Brazil have both won it twice. I think they've retained, but no one's ever won it three times in a row. France won it in 2018. They could win it this year, and I'm going to already put a little bet on to say they, they're going to win 2026. That's an impressive ending to your team there, but do you just want to recap it for any listeners that just want to keep up with it? In the sticks, I've got Thibaut Courtois uh, from Belgium. Fitting at right back, I have got Cesar Aspilicueta from Spain. I've got Virgil van Dijk sitting at centre-back. I've got Martinez sitting at centre-back for Argentina. I've got Alfonso Davis sitting in left-back. I've got the Croatian magician Modric sitting at CDM. Bruno Fernandes and Musiala are hitting the attacking part of the midfield. I've got Son sitting left wing, Vinicius Jr. right wing and Kylian Mbappe up front. Now, if you think you can do better or if you think any of the other team members of Football Beef have a better team, do tweet us at BuzzFootball. Hello, it is me, Squiggy, and here I am to present my one flag mixed 11. So hopefully Laura has explained how this works because I do not want to go into detail explaining this so we'll go straight into it we are playing a 4-3-3 i feel like this could be a very interesting one i feel like there's probably quite a few differences here uh, in goal i have got manuel neuer of germany possibly one of the greatest keepers i think he'll go down as one of the greatest keepers of all time in defense we have Cancelo, fantastic for man city a great a great fullback can play either side so yeah, I feel like that's why he's in. I'm hoping he's still actually playing for Portugal at the minute in the World Cup. A brilliant, brilliant fullback. Uh, really good attacking, but he's also pretty solid defensively. And then as a centre-back pairing, we've got Virgil van Dijk. Don't really need to say too much about him. And Virgil van Dijk from the Netherlands. And Marquinhos from Brazil. Even though Marquinhos is getting on a very... A very, a very lot, a little bit. He's still a fantastic centre-half. He's very comfortable on the ball. He can step forward. He hasn't got the pace, but he knows what he's doing. And then on the other side of him, we have got Hakimi um, from Morocco. An absolute star. He's an absolute star on FIFA. And he's brilliant at getting up and down the pitch in real life as well, not just on FIFA. Uh, Hakimi is for life, not just for FIFA. So that's, that's the back four. Uh, then we'll go into our midfield three. We have Valverde of Uruguay, alongside Modric, obviously of Croatia. Not really too too much to say about them. Two, two fantastic midfielders, both at Real Madrid. So, you know, two two fantastic midfielders there. One, one youngish, one, one oldish. And then with them, we've got Kevin De Bruyne. Although his World Cup wasn't brilliant, if you look at his club form, probably before the World Cup started, one of the best midfielders in the world at the minute. And then up front, a front three, we have Messi from Argentina, don't really need to say too much about the little genius. A player that's going to go down in history is one of the greatest of all time. Sort of playing through the middle of this three, we've got Robert Lewandowski from Poland. Uh, again, he's not really, he hasn't really had the best World Cup, but, you know, on paper at Barcelona, at Bayern Munich, you know, really for Poland probably before this World Cup, he's just been utterly fantastic. He's a goal scorer. He knows where the goal is. He knows what he's doing. And on the other side of him, Kylian Mbappe, probably the the next kind of player who's going to take on the torch from Ronaldo, Neymar 
and Messi when they retire. And you know, he's only he's only what early twenties, so he's got a lot of time to develop. But he's such a quality player at the minute. So that was my mixed eleven. Just to recap, we are playing a four three three formation. Manuel Neuer of Germany, João Cancelo of Portugal, Virgil van Dijk of the Netherlands, Marquinhos from Brazil, Hakimi from Morocco, Valverde in midfield from Uruguay alongside Modric from Croatia, Kevin De Bruyne from Belgium, and then a front three of Messi, Argentinian, Lewandowski, Polish, and Mbappe, who is French. And that is my mixed flag 11. Uh, Thank you for listening to that one. I hope you really, really enjoyed it. And I will see you next time. Goodbye. Football base! Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzz podcast. The only place to be totes buzzed.